turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your questions, Bible questions, questions about stuff going on in your life today. You might even ask Paul about relationship questions. All you have to do is pick up the phone and dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send them in that way. And as always, if you are driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen and you will be connected directly to our studio producer. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful day. It's so pretty. And, um, when you woke up this morning and I looked at you, I was like, I'm so thankful you're still here. <laughs> the other day you said when, when you don't do the radio program, people text and email because <laughs> they think we died. So then, you're still here, baby. I'm, I'm so still happy. Here. Yeah. So um, it's, today is my, my show, so I get to just say what I want to say. Just, I'll just take a nap if you want. No. No. So... I, the pastor's wives and I are getting all excited because we get to go away just the pastor's wives this weekend because um, we, I, I mean, I see Jocelyn, I see May. I mean, I see them, but I see Jocelyn, I see May to be able to actually touch them. But the rest of them, for the most part, it's just hit and miss, you know. And so I'm really looking Everybody's forward to Everybody's busy. Yeah, we get here and we're serving other people, even at the, you know, our, our women's retreats. And we just, that's what we do. And that's a good thing. But this is really a sweet thing. We get to um, be together. We each share a testimony. Um, but mostly it's, it's kind of giggle time at the beginning because we're all together. 
It's just like, really? And, you know, we had to plan it a year ago because a couple of them work, like Tish, you know. She she had to put in for the time a year ago. And then about maybe less than a month ago, they said, well, we're kind of short short-handed, so maybe you can't go. She's like, oh, no, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. A year ago. And so... You know, she's always there. And so, to just just give people an idea. What does a pastor's wife's retreat look like when you guys go? Well, it's we used to go to California for the the big, you know, what do you call it, national thing. Um, but we stopped doing that many years ago. And now we have like eleven pastors' wives. That gets to be pretty expensive, and we all always stay together. And so. Um, it got to a place where we had to have two rooms adjoining, and that was fun. But it was so, and we were like the Keystone Cops, you know, remember those back in the day? They went everywhere together, <laughs> and, and and that was fun too. Um, but it got a little, a little stressful. And so I think one year you said, well, why don't you just have, why don't you just take your girls and go somewhere just you guys? And I was like, Okay. And ever since we we've been going by ourselves, we used it to seems, go. Seems like all the ladies like that. They love it because, again, when we go to other places, we're still ministering to other people, and I mean that's our life. Um, because when we would go to the other um, conferences, I would have my pastor's wives, who are the senior pastor wives' friends, and they want to sit and talk and stuff and. Okay, okay, okay. But then this is what they ask me. How do you get your girls, your ladies, to be like that, like the way they are? They just want to hang out with you. They call you Mama Paula. I said, I don't know where the Mama Paula came from, but I'm the mom. I'm the oldest one of the group. And uh, so I guess maybe that's how that started. But we really, we really love each other. We've got a, a pastor's wife now. She's enough to call you Grandma Paula. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and now she's going to be bringing her little new baby, yeah. and so I'm really great-grandma now, so thank you so much for bringing that up. <laughs> but um, but we would always still be ministering to other people, you know, and so even though that's a great thing, the Lord says, no, I want you to come away by yourselves sometimes, and so this is one of those come away by ourselves. We used to go to um, Austin for several years when we had six pastor's wives, and then we had seven, eight, nine. And, of course, by then, you still have to have two rooms. And we were having trouble getting adjoining rooms um, if we didn't book well enough in advance. But the last couple of years, we've maybe three or four, maybe maybe four. Um, we've stayed in San Antonio, and we're not telling you where we're going. No. <laughs> um, we stayed here in San Antonio, a staycation retreat. Um and it worked out really, really well because, you know, if there is an emergency, we can get home right away. Um, but we're still just us together. It's just a sweet time. This year, we always have a theme. This year's theme, we are just uh, continuing with um, our sweet summer devotion theme, the God who sees me. It was so um, good this summer that you know, I just thought, let's just keep that theme. The God who sees me and all the ladies seem to be really happy about that. So that is this Sunday after third service. We will make sure you get something to eat. Uh, you know, our husbands get something to eat. 
um, most of those ladies already have like they they pre cook meals and you know some are in the freezer so because they all have kids most of them have kids already because their husbands know how to use microwaves <laughs> and their husbands know how to use <laughs> microwaves or and or their husbands are able to drive and go get McDonald's or you know pizza or whatever and, and you don't so. Um, I'll be worried about you, but what do you say? You'll be the skinny guy. <laughs> I just have some call because you know a guy still come to work on Monday, Tuesday, True. and Wednesday. True. So I'll, I just call somebody and say, "Is there anybody that can come pick me up?" Uh-huh. I'm, I'm on the street fool. hitchhiking. <laughs> so yeah, so we're we're looking forward to. It. We buy our own food, and, and we you know we get a house. It's a five bedroom house with I think three and a half bathrooms. So. With 11, 11 ladies in there, because Pastor Chris isn't married yet, but maybe this time next year will be 12. And Pastor Ron, I think, <laughs> unless somebody goes and starts their own church, that's, that's about it. <laughs> we're trying to rent a house. They're like, 12 ladies. So 11 this year. But, yeah, we're we're looking forward to it. Yeah. We do all our cook, own cooking. And so it's not a matter of somebody's going to go and wait on us and, you know, we're going to spend a lot of money, but. Man, are we ever grateful because Calvary Chapel San Antonio, you know, Jesus and you allows us to go and do this. So we always come back a little bit different. Oh, cool. A little more in love with Jesus, our husbands, and the people here. So what's in your heart for today, Paul? Well, <clears throat> you've had a couple of questions this um, in, in a while, but it seems like um, at least maybe twice a month. You will say, either from, on the radio or from the pulpit, um, and you had this question. Let me see if I can find it. Um, um, let me see. Just yesterday, I think it was. Let's see. Where? Let me see. Um, wait a minute. I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get it. Okay. It was, I think, Garrett who was asking about, oh, you can't, and then you gave him the answer about you can't take the Old Testament promises for Israel for us. Like Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, um, and then you you t- let us all know, not just him, let us all know that we can't get mad at God for not keeping promises He didn't make to us. And this is what you say quite often. But read Romans eight; those are promises made to us. And so I thought, wow, that's good. We should we should mm-hmm. look at that a little bit. So um, for me. In the last maybe, I don't know, a month, the Lord's been kind of waking me up and, or reminding me to stand and see what the Lord will do, you know. In the struggle you face, he will fight for you. And so I, I was looking up today. Um, let me turn to Romans 8. Let me see. I have your, this is a big Bible you got here, Pastor Ryan. It has very big letters. It's very big letters. <laughs> and It's uh, still not big enough for me. Not but. big enough still, my baby. You see me, right? Yeah. Okay. And I put some red lipstick on. You kind of see it. <laughs> so um, Romans, Romans chapter eight. I'm gonna get out of Acts here, and then Romans comes next. I'm gonna get there, people. I'm gonna get there. There's a lot. Of, it takes a lot of pages when the when the words are this big. My goodness, Pastor Ron. Okay. So um, I looked this thing up. So what are some of the promises that God has made us? And there's a whole bunch of them, but in Romans 8, there's a whole bunch of them um, in just that one chapter. Yeah, let me give a little bit of background for the people in the audience. 
uh, Paul, who don't come to Calvary Chapel, which is overwhelmingly the most of them. But um, Romans 8 has such wonderful promises. Just one chapter. You know, we say, you know, go through the Bible and get all the promises of God. But if you want to get them in context, you can take them in Romans chapter 8. It's life in the Spirit. And the promises are wonderful. And, and the reality is most of us as Christians, we don't believe them. Now, intellectually, we do. We, we know the words are in the Word. We know it's God's Word, so we know they're true. But we don't really believe them for ourselves. And so I have been now for almost a year, I think, Maybe uh, more. Maybe more. Mm-hmm. Um, j- just urging, exhorting the people at Calvary Chapel to um, to own those promises. Challenge themselves. Do you really believe that you're more than a conqueror through him who loved you? Do you really believe that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Do you really believe? And there's promise mm-hmm. after promise mm-hmm. after promise. And, and that one chapter sort of condenses the promises and um, sort of envelops all of the other promises in the Word. Uh, and these are real promises that in context we can take for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And you've been, as you always do, you've been taking me up on my counsel, and you, you've been in Romans chapter 8. Yeah, I have it in big letters. It says, read Romans 8 promises made for us. So, here we go. Verse 1 says, there is now no, not, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a promise. So you already answered this yesterday. You said, when you feel condemned, then you got to remember, oh, yeah, that must be from the enemy because in Christ Jesus, there's no condemnation. That's number one. Yeah, there's a good example of the promise we don't believe because the moment we do something, we start thinking, oh, I'm the worst person ever. God must be so angry or so disappointed with me. You read it to me this morning in Psalm 103. Um, um, God is 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 so slow to anger mm-hmm. and abounding in love. Abounding in yeah. love. Yeah. And um, we don't really believe that because there's an enemy yelling in our ear that God is done with you or God is frustrated by you uh, or or who do you think you are? You think God will answer any of your prayers because of what you've done. And, um, you know, that's a promise that we need to believe. Yeah, yeah. And that's what faith is. It's active trusting every day. Not not the faith that saves. That's not what Romans eight is talking mm-hmm. about. It's the mm-hmm. faith that lives mm-hmm. each and every day. Mm-hmm. And and knowing this chapter and um, is one of those where whether you feel it or not, if you know this chapter, and that's why I've been trying to read it over and over and over again because you're right. The enemy comes along, or my own flesh gets in the way, and it's like, man, Paul, I can't believe it. But if I do the First John one nine. Believing that God, if I confess it and renounce it, that he's going to forgive me. But if we don't know it, we don't have—if we're not in the Word, we don't even have the Holy Spirit who will remind us of these promises. So the second one is—there you go—that uh, the Holy Spirit gives me life and has set me free from the law of sin and death. And so when that condemnation comes and or— um, when I've messed up, I can really be free by saying, oh, yeah, Jesus died for all my sins, past, present, and future. So I can go to him. He's not, he's not surprised. That's what, you know, that's why we beat ourselves up. Oh, man, I can't believe it. Why? We're still in the flesh. And you used to tell me all the time, God is not surprised that. 
Well, at our at our pastor's appreciation uh, banquet uh, on Tuesday, uh, Max Lucado uh, said something that really resonated with me. And again, this is something that most of us don't believe. He said that anxiety and worshiper anxiety and celebrating anxiety and thanksgiving and thanksgiving couldn't exist Mm -hmm. at the same time in the same person Mm -hmm. they can't coexist together Mm -hmm. and and if we would believe what you just said then we would understand there's no need to be anxious there's no need to beat ourselves up Uh, there's no need to 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 wonder well what's going to happen next uh, if, in fact, we really believed and let that turn into worship and thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh, to the Lord. And it's just, you know, I'm a pastor. I love people, and I want to see people live the abundant Christian life that Jesus promised. And the problem is that um, people just don't believe these promises. I mean, if for themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they may say, well, God does that for you, but. Yeah. There's no buts in Romans chapter 8. <laughs> There's no buts. Yeah. Yeah, the third thing is the Holy Spirit gives life to my mortal body. You know, I used to be dead walking around, um, but I was dead on my way to hell. And now the Lord, I have a I have a home waiting for me. And it just gives me life every day to think, wow, what I used to be, I no longer am. Yeah. You know, sin is death and temptation is purposed to get you to sin and the spirit gives life i mean that's a theme constant throughout the new testament but but we don't understand truly that we don't have to give in to that temptation right now and be in bondage to it again that we can be free and actually have victory over it now i don't like cliche-ish terms but romans 8 is a chapter about victory yeah and um we, we don't have to give in to that temptation we don't have to sit there and gnash our teeth uh, because I'm going to give I'm going to give. Mm-hmm. We can say, nope, I'm not going to do that because mm-hmm. I'm, I'd rather be with you. That's, right. that's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives life. That's right. And it, that's what the next one is. The Holy Spirit leads me and guides me. Since I'm his daughter, it's like, okay, Jesus, you will not lead me into temptation, but you'll deliver me from the evil one. So if I will, like we practice, we practice this <laughs> this week because uh, I said, Ron, you know, I'm starting to pray like you. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you so closely that if you stopped, I would bump into you. So you said, okay, let's practice. <laughs> so, so I said, okay, I'll get behind you. And you stopped, and I bumped into you. But, yeah, the Lord leads me and guides me. That's just dress rehearsal. That's know? all it is. That's, that's, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm trying to stay in this word. And then another thing is we don't have to fear God as judge because the Holy Spirit has let me know that I can come to him as my dad, Abba Father. He's he's not, I used to think this, you know, once I got saved, I thought, oh man, I better, you know, be on the straight and narrow. Don't mess up again because, you know, you've already been forgiven, but if you mess up one more time, that's it. I used to kind of think like that. That's probably when you weren't saved, Pastor Ron, and I didn't have you around to help me. Hey, I was late to the party. What can I <laughs> yeah, say? you were. But I don't have to fear God as judge. He judged Jesus already. And if I remember that, it's like all these other promises that came before that. I want to be led by mm-hmm. him, and I want to do. I like what you just said. You don't have to fear God for judgment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about having a healthy fear of God. Um, but if you fear God, then you don't have to fear him. Yes. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's a symbol because you realize that he's in charge, he's in control, mm-hmm. and that that his thoughts are vast towards you. Yeah, um, the, the sum of them more than we can imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, Romans 8 tells us that, that that's the truth. All yeah. we have to do is really and truly believe it. Yeah, yeah. You know what else? The next one is the Holy Spirit lets me know that I am a child of God. You know, not just call him Abba, Father, like he's way out there. But I'm, I'm his child, and like he wants to look into my eyes and tell me how precious I am. He's so glad I was born. He's so glad that I said, you know, wanted to be adopted by him, and I said, yes, he's so glad that I fear him. He's so thankful. Um, you know, sometimes you say this, that it just seems like the Lord is pleased with with you, with me, you know. Yeah, you know, that's, that's something else in Romans 8 kind of codifies that as well, Paula. Um, if If we would really and truly understand that God wants to bless us, and I'm not talking about financial prosperity or crazy prayers being answered, but mm-hmm. he wants to be with us. Mm-hmm. And um, if you walk with him uh, and you spend the time, uh, it's almost like he's smiling on you and just you. Mm-hmm. And and he wants every single Christian to have that experience. Yeah. And, you know, God is something that, again, as, as Christians, uh, he's in the forefront of our mind. He's in our hearts. But life just sort of crowds him out of our 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 minute by minute existence, and um and and he's saying, can we slow down just for a minute? Well, well Lord, I can't slow down. I'm really busy, but but I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how proud I am of you. I want to tell you that that when I adopted you, I made the best choice ever. I know. Can you imagine? And um, you know what? Un- unfortunately, we don't slow down enough to allow that in our lives. Yeah. yeah. We just don't do it, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's just something that we have to really, really focus on. Again, what uh, Max Lucado said at the, the appreciation that Thanksgiving and anxiety cannot coexist at the same time. And so many of us are anxious about so many things that we really aren't um, focusing enough on just the time to be with him so he can put his arm around you and say, thanks. Yeah. You know, he's actually spoke to my heart several times. I'm sure and, he has. And, and said to me, thank you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what do you mean, thank me? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and he goes, no, thank you for taking the time. Mm-hmm. Thank you for trusting me. Yeah, he, it was credited to you as righteousness yeah. because you trusted him. See, that's what life in the Spirit's all about. Yeah. Paul, I didn't realize it, but we're inside now about three and a half minutes. For I've got a lot more, Pastor Ron. I know, so you better hurry. Okay. Okay. I'll stop interrupting. No, no, no. I, this is great. <laughs> we could do this next week too, because there's, there's. I got like twenty, <laughs> and I'm only on seven. <laughs> okay, so um, in Romans eight, it tells us of the uh, the riches, the really the the riches, because we're an heir of God and we're co heirs with Christ. Co heirs. You tell us when we get to heaven, we don't get a part of. It's not divided up between everybody who gets to heaven. We all get it all. What you, that what makes say, no sense. But we were watching okay. Ameri- we were watching America's Got Talent, and and you say, well, I mean, they get a million dollars to win, but there's like a hundred of them on the stage. <laughs> That's not very much money. Yeah, there is one group yeah. that I think there's ninety yeah. of them. Huh? In in heaven is completely different because we all get it all. 
That's new math. That's heavenly math. <laughs> yeah. We all get it all. And that's what we say. We are co-heirs with Christ, Christ. who inherited everything. We're equal heirs. Yeah. And uh, it doesn't mean that we all get the same amount. It mm-hmm. means that we all get everything that he had. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's I think it's John seventeen twenty three, and this one kind of blows my mind, where it says that God the Father loves me the same as he does Jesus. John 17, yeah. I think it's John seventeen twenty three. I think I, so. I don't know the mm-hmm. exact verse, but mm-hmm. yeah. That just is like, what? You have loved them just as you've loved me, mm-hmm. Father. Mm-hmm. That's his high priestly prayer. When we, I tell, always tell you, Paul, I feel like, I'm a little being a little nosy, eavesdropping in <laughs> on a private conversation between Jesus and his father. Yeah. But Cause that's but, all in red letters yeah, in our Bibles. Huh? Yeah. But that's yeah. a good one to uh-huh. eavesdrop in on because yeah. it tells you how much he cares for you. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Another promise is the hope for um, the redemption of my body. I'm going to heaven. So this, this, this place is not really my home. But um, I, I get heaven, you know. So he's going to no. <laughs> redeem this body. Yeah, that's the best. Heaven, heaven, I get a new body. That's yeah. What I'm for. Yeah. yeah, I'm 72. I want a new body. Yeah, what do you want to be? Like seven, six foot two? Six two, hundred and seventy pounds. Six foot pounds. two with eyes of blue. Oh, no, no wrinkles. Oh, yeah, there won't be any wrinkles. No age heaven. spots. No, no age spots. Mm-mm. Jesus will have scars, but we won't. Uh-huh. Yeah. Redemption of our bodies. Yeah. My favorite word in heaven, or my most popular word in heaven, won't be ouch. <laughs> hey, we've only got 30 minutes left in the program. We would love your participation in our conversation. 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the day-day edition of The Word to Stand for Life. Paula is here. We'll see you in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh welcome back to the second half of our thursday show the date day edition we would love any comments questions or just thoughts you have regarding uh, romans chapter 8 maybe what it's meant in your life um, but I'm going to try to hurry Paul up a little bit so we can get to the good stuff. I mean, she's doing all good stuff, but I want the, if God is for us, who can be against us oh, stuff yeah. and yeah. we're more than conquerors and nothing can separate us from the love of God stuff. Yeah. But see, you got to go in order in Romans 8. That's like verse There's no or rule something. that says oh. you have to go in order. Oh, you know me. I like lists. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going in order. Okay. So. It's your show. Do what you want. There you go. Thank you so much. Uh, the Holy Spirit intercedes with me, for me, in me, and through me. That's a good promise. Mm-hmm. He promises he will be with me, he intercedes on my behalf. And, you know, when I'm praying, I, sometimes I don't know. You know, you just pray to the end of what you can pray. And it's like, Lord, I don't know what what's the—so help me. So, yeah, sometimes you just 
Do you, Paula, sometimes, and I'm asking a question I know the answer to, but for the audience, do you do you use your prayer language yeah. um, in order for that to be done? Explain that. Yes. There, in fact, pretty much every day, because, you know, I go out and I'm walking, and um, nobody's with me. Um, so you know, my my... My knowledge or my wisdom is very limited, and I don't know the heart of God all the time. You know, he'll He'll reveal some things to me, but I don't know much. And so I get to a place where it's like, that don't even seem like I prayed, you know, completely, Lord. So, but you kind of feel silly, you know, because um, the enemy's there saying, you're just being lazy. This is what he says to me. You're just being lazy. Why don't you pray real words? I'm like, why don't you just shut up? But <laughs> <laughs> but I, it's real to somebody, you know. It's real to Jesus. You know, Paul, because one of the reasons this is so important for people is that a lot of us are afraid to pray God's will be done mm-hmm. because we're afraid that God's will is going to conflict with our will, um, especially when we're praying for other people. God, whatever it takes to bring them to, to faith, and we're saying, no, I don't want to pray that prayer because bad things could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we we have so little knowledge about God. Um, tomorrow night, I'm going to be talking about the knowledge of God's will and growing in the knowledge of God. We have so little knowledge of God and his character that we can actually be afraid. It's like, okay, I'm going to turn God loose and, and, and everything is going to happen that's bad. Um, and see, that's the one perfect application for our our gift of tongues um, is you can pray knowing that it is the Holy Spirit prompting the prayer. It's the Holy Spirit um, supplying the words. And and you have the gift of interpretation. God's exercised that through you. I do not. And and it's it's sort of freeing for me not to have to worry about what I'm praying about. Mm-hmm. I can just say, Lord, I, I know that that prayer is of the Lord because the Holy Spirit directed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's kind of freeing to know that the answer is yes, even though you don't know what mm-hmm. yes is being said to. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned that I would have the uh, that I have the gift of interpretation, that's not all the time. I know, Yeah, certainly okay. not all the time. Okay, because I don't know what I'm praying. You know, but that's in the other. The next thing is praying in the Holy Spirit. You're with the Holy Spirit. He's you can know, like you just said, that you're in, you're praying in the perfect will of God, whether you know what you're praying or not. And sometimes things will come up or happen that huh, I don't. We're, we're we're pretty nosy people, aren't we? we yeah, I want to know. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I have a part of this one? Did you? But, use but me if in you this? trust like, God, you don't have to know. Matter. You have such freedom. That's right. That's exactly right. Okay, so here we're getting to the good stuff. Okay, this other promise we. Know that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So that's a promise. Okay, Lord, like with you and me, he called you to be the pastor. You got to go to Bible college, and then you're getting ready to graduate, and I'm like, that means I'm going to be a pastor. (laughs) Do they have classes for that? (laughs) But it was like the Lord said, no, 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 they don't. You know, if, okay. if, let me ask you a question. If there was a test, an exam, uh-huh. that you had to pass to be a pastor's wife, yeah. would you have passed it? 
I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But well, see, that's the thing. You have these expectations. What would been the What would have been the questions? You know, do you have some dresses? Because that's what that lady said. Do you wear pants all the time? Um, now uh, tell the audience, the lady. The lady in California before we left from um, California, she was saying, "You know, you're going to be a pastor's wife now, and uh, you, you, you got to dress differently." And you got to wear your hair differently. And don't you play a piano or something? <laughs> Man, I failed. You know, those three questions. I already got. If there was ten on the thing, whatever. She was a nice lady and she a well-meaning lady, but that was the devil. Get thee behind <laughs> me, Satan, because that was just the enemy trying to frighten you yeah. to the place where you wouldn't come. Yeah, yeah. It's like, why did you ask him to be a pastor? I would get all upset, right? You, know, you said you wanted a man to take you to church. I did, to take me to church, not for me to take him to church. But, so, another promise. I have... Stop. All things. Focus on all things, yeah. not some things. Yeah. You know, we have bad things happen, and we think automatically, well, that's not God. That's true. Um, God orchestrates Even our lives bad through bad things. Yeah. And the promise is that he turns those things to good. Uh, and the only qualification we've got to love be we gotta love God yeah. and be called by God. Yeah. And those are the things that we can be certain of. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And you know, speaking about that, you know, we read the Bible of course, and Paul's telling us all the time to rejoice, rejoice, rejoice while he's in prison. You know, um would I pass the test? Because I could probably I could be a whiner, you know. God I'm serving you. We hear this all the time. I'm serving you. Um, I'm doing exactly what you said to do, and now I'm in prison. I just told them about Jesus, the one. It's not religion. I told them about Jesus, who we can have a relationship with. Jesus is the only one who saves you from sins. And now I'm in jail because I, I said that. And you sent me here, Lord. And so we, yeah, we go through all that. The enemy's like, well, if God really loved you, this wouldn't be happening. Yeah, you know, Paul, on Sundays we're going through the book of Acts here at Calvary Chapel. And we're coming up on, on we've started Paul's third missionary journey. And we're coming up on the chapters where he is going to be instructed by the Lord to go back to Jerusalem. And everywhere he turns, there are people saying, don't go, don't go. If you yeah. go, the, the, the dramatic prophet Agabus, mm-hmm. who I like, um, uh, it has this demonstration. He's going to be bound like this. And, 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 and Paul says, stop it. You're breaking, breaking my heart. heart. Uh, I'm willing not only to go, but to die if that's the case. He knew he was compelled by the Spirit to go. And he knew what he wrote. He was going to live what he wrote to the church at Rome. That And we know for a fact, for certain, that God works all things together. God works prison together. God works beatings together. God works stonings together. All those things work together for the good of those who love God. That's me. Mm-hmm. And and Paul had enough faith to believe it. And, and my goodness, his life was so difficult. And 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 um, yeah, all the way to martyrdom. Um, but he knew that God worked all things together. I always think of, you know, well, well, if you're serving God, bad things shouldn't happen. Um, bad things happened to Paul. He went to prison, and yet the result of 
Paul going to prison when he thought he'd rather be out sharing Jesus so people get saved was the prison epistles. I mean, think about that. The, yeah. prison, the, the prison epistles are written from jail and, and infinitely, limitlessly more people have been saved because God sort of put Paul on that sabbatical to write those letters and uh, they've been for us uh, an absolute treasure. That's God working all things together, not only for Paul, but for you and for me Mm -hmm. these 2,000 years later. Yeah, yeah. And doing all of that, the next one is we are predestined to be conformed to the image of God's Son. You know, Paul, like you say this, he was running after Christians to, you know, persecute them in 180 miles an hour, and then the Lord just picked him up and turned him around, and now he's, and he's becoming more and more like Christ. It's like rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice, you know. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in my mind's eye, you know, God just picks him up, and his legs never stop moving. And Jesus just turned him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hit the ground, his legs, 180 miles an hour, winning people to Christ. Winning people to Christ. And he just never stopped. Yeah. Uh, and that was always God's plan for Paul, and he's the one who orchestrated that plan. Yeah. God is for me. He's on my side, and he freely gives me all things. That's a promise. Lord, if I don't have it, I remember... Um, being at the apartment complex, and we're like three and a half months behind in rent, you know, and I'm saying, Lord, we're here as pastor and pastor's wife. The people know who we are, what we're, this looks, this looks bad, you know, this looks bad, Lord. But he said, no, 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 I'm for you, and I'm going to freely give you all things, and I'm working all these things together. So just chill. So I really don't have to worry. God, you're going to take care of me, and he always has. I love him. Yeah, you know, the Lord taught us to trust in Paula in the most difficult of circumstances. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we believed with all of our heart that we were at one point uh, just a couple of days away from being homeless. Um, we went um, many, many, many days without food. Um, I'd go walking up and down Pat Booker Road and come back with uh, 48 cents that I found on the street. There were no sidewalks on Pat Booker Road mm-hmm, back then. Mm-hmm. And and just, okay, well, that's our same. We're, we're, we're almost ready for a hamburger or something, you know? <laughs> um, but, but you see, it's in those those times when we, we learn to trust him. Yeah. And, you know, my verse, 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it's required that every man given a trust by God must prove faithful. Mm-hmm. Um if you learn those lessons, then it gives you a completely different perspective on the circumstances that are happening around you. Mm-hmm. And instead of focusing on the circumstances, we can look up yeah. at the one who's in control. It, it was so cool because, you know, before we came here, the Lord had already told you, uh, you can't make your needs be known. Don't let your need be known. So we're, we're eating like maybe three saltine crackers a piece and water <laughs> and still with the smile and joy just okay lord because we got to that place okay it's three and a half months you said you would you would not let us go without a need being met so evidently it's not time for you to meet this need and that change of perspective was just really huge for me so thank you because you you are my my head and you've been doing really well so the uh god the judge 
has declared me righteous. I'm innocent of all transgressions. See, I might cry on that one. Because, <laughs> you know, you wake up and it's like, the enemy's right there. You know what you did. You know what you said just yesterday, you know. And um, so if I know the word, it's like, okay, but his mercies are new every morning. But that that record of wrongs that are in my head, not so much against other people, even though every once in a while that comes up too, but those record of wrongs against myself. And, and that's kind of like, okay, don't forget what Jesus did. He forgave me of all my sins, past, present, and future. All my transgressions have been forgiven. I'm not just, um, no, I'm innocent. Like, like I never did it. Yeah. You know, like Michael 6, 8, act justly. Yeah. I always say we're not not guilty. We're innocent. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pretty cool. I always Redacted think... Redacted files. Yeah. I always, no, no, no. The no file. You know, I, I use the old Crystal Lewis oh, song yeah, the blood stain. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, there's a book of our life. And all the filthy stuff that I've done is recorded in that book. And Crystal Lewis, the song she mm-hmm. used to sing, you know, the book is open and the and the pages are all blood-stained pages. Yeah. And and they can't see the charges. Yeah. You know, it's like Jesus with the woman caught in the act of adultery. Uh, woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Neither do I accuse you. Now go and sin no more. Mm-hmm. But but that's what he tells us. There's no accuser. You know, that the enemy, we're told in the New Testament, accuses us night and day before the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says it in here. Night and day, over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, you know, basically talk to the hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's no charges against this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. He's washed in the blood of Jesus. She is covered by the blood. And uh, and I, I have this big picture of a gavel coming down saying, innocent mm-hmm. of all charges. Yeah. And the devil over there going, no, no, like Snidely Whiplash. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. But ha, 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 we get to walk out freely, right? Yeah, it says, who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? Who cares? Because it is God who justifies. That's our God. You know, judgment in heaven is so cool because, well, the devil is the prosecutor. (laughs) Jesus is our defense attorney. Uh He's also the judge. (laughs) And it's it's like we walk into court. Hey, the fix is in. Yeah, boy. You know, I know him, and he knows me. Yeah, we're I know good. This, I know the stuff I've done, but mm-hmm. Jesus says, "No, no, mm-hmm. deepest, darkest ocean. Yeah, far from you is east is from west." Yeah. And I think one of the things that we'll get from Romans chapter eight, if we really believe the promises, is we'll 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 learn the resolve. If our sins have been thrown in the deepest, darkest ocean. We can resolve to leave them there. Yeah, don't put on the wetsuit and yeah. the snorkel and go get them, huh? And that's what we do. You know, yeah. we the, the devil keeps bringing it up. You know what you did. I know what you did. Uh-huh. Was- Other people are going to find out what you did. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, when we first got here, uh, I, I knew right away that, that one of the things I needed to do was be very open and honest oh, man, about my background. Mm-hmm. And um, um, people would say, well, what, why are you being so open about things? Is look... It's, it's what the Lord wants me to do. This is who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a sinner saved by grace. And um, there was a time when um, at the end of one service, uh, a lady comes <laughs> up through the, the middle aisle mm-hmm. in the church. And, and I could tell, I could see a little bit back then. Yeah. 
and she was staring at me. Now, my old profession, for those of you who don't know, I was a car dealer. And um, so she's she's coming down the aisle, and she's getting close. And she gets about 10 feet away from me, and she stops. She puts her hands over her mouth, and she goes, It's true. God can make a preacher out of a car dealer yeah. or car salesman, she said. Yeah, yeah. And she worked for me in 1984. Yeah. I got saved in 1991. Yeah. She worked for me in 1984 and 1985 when I was the biggest jerk in the world. <laughs> and it was it was either, you know, you guys listen to him, mm-hmm. or if she would have said, let me tell you who this guy really is, <laughs> everybody would have been able to turn around and said, say to her, you know, hey, we've heard it all. Yeah, yeah. He's a perfect candidate, actually. He just kind of, you know, chooses jerks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the foolish of the world. The next one, nothing can separate me from the love of God. We get this the good stuff now, Pastor. That's it's the, all been good, but this is getting gooder. Yeah, and see, that that's the promise that people really cannot believe. Mm-hmm. They just can't believe based on what they've done, the things that they've said, the, the many times they've failed, that that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Yeah. You know, we, we also don't believe when we get to the end that if God is for us, how can God be for me? Because I've done all of these other things. Um, we really need to understand that, that, that God is for us 100%. Yeah. yeah, I already said that one. God is for yeah. me. He's on my side. So yeah, and then after that is, I I feel like I should put my my S on my front of my shirt here. I am victorious and more than a conqueror, super conqueror. I think you you talked one that's time. That's what the word actually means mm-hmm. in Greek. It's a super conqueror. Yeah. I'm, I'm victorious more than a conqueror through Him who loved me. So you know, like as we're walking along through life, and the big bully comes along, and Jesus, that's me. Jesus, you see him, right? So you go get him. But he goes, you will get him. I'll be the one doing the work, but it'll look like you. And so I'm more than a conqueror to him who loved me. I don't always feel like that, you know, like Gideon. <laughs> see, that that's when we need to, 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 to believe it the most. Mm-hmm. It's when we don't feel like even a conqueror, let alone more than a yeah, conqueror. super conqueror. You know? Uh, we live in a world where superheroes are are very popular, highly esteemed. And Jesus said, but but that's who you are. You're the superhero. Mm-hmm. And we don't feel like it, so we don't believe it. Uh, and yet God says, but, but see, that's what the power of the Spirit's for. And Romans 8, of course, as you said at the very beginning, is about life in the Spirit. Uh, and, and, and we really are superheroes when we're walking according to the will of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, uh, we really are. And it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter whether we're up or we're down. We are always superheroes. This doesn't say you're more than a conqueror when things are going well, or you're more than a conqueror when you're being uh, obedient. You're more, you were always just that close to victory. And and too often we're fighting from a place of defeat. And when I say fighting, the spiritual battles, we're fighting from a place of defeat. We get so used to being defeated that we don't really um, embrace the idea that we're more than a conqueror. Uh, and and God says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to start fighting from a from a position of victory, not from defeat. Mm-hmm. 
Um, beauty from ashes. That's my specialty, God mm-hmm. says. And all we have to do is believe him. Yeah. I didn't realize we're inside four minutes again I know. It, I'm on the last one, though. Okay, you did good. I'm on this. This is my last one right here. Okay. Not mine. It's, you know, Romans 8. <laughs> Neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor present circumstances, nor future circumstances, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing is able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, which is kind of the sum up of what you just said. There's nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. Um, the present circumstances or future circumstances. That's a good thing to know because, you know, as, as like you say, we're getting older. What's going to happen? You know, what if I, what if I disappoint you, Lord? What if, what if I say the wrong thing or what if I, you know, just don't let me, don't let me fall away from you, Lord. And, and if I really believe that nothing can separate, separate me from the love of God, like Max Lucado was saying, anxiety, fear, they can't coexist with Thanksgiving. So, Lord, let me just thank you that nothing in all of life will be able to separate me from the love that you have for me. Yeah, you know, Paula, for those of us who are getting older, that's really an important promise to believe because the world sort of throws you away as you get older. You know, you're, you know, we're always looking for young and vibrant and energetic mm-hmm. and, and older people, people our age, you know, we, we sort of give up. We have our little things that we do, but um, we just, well, God can't really use me. You know, that's for the young people. And, and it's just the opposite. And that has to be empowered by the love of God. And we have to realize that God actually knew we were going to get older. Mm-hmm. And I tell our church all the time, old people, brothers, <laughs> yeah, my people, our people, um, the young people out here need you. So get involved. Yeah. Impose yourself in their lives. Mm-hmm. And I told the young people, you need the older people. Now, we older people, we need the young people. We need their zeal and their energy and their idealism. But at the same time, we who have lived through difficult things, we who have been married for 51 years. 53 um, years, six months, a week and a day today since that, we met. Since we met. Yeah. Um, <laughs> young people need us. And for us to take a step back just because we're getting older, because we feel a little more useless, or because our health is beginning to fail, or people uh, like me all the time, when are you going to retire? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, we need to remember that, that aging doesn't separate us from the love of God. Yeah. Well, now we're inside one minute, Paul. I want you to close up with whatever you want to do. You know what, Pastor Ron? I, I appreciate you because, you know, I just give you the little ideas and you just elaborated on it. I'm so thankful that you joined me on my show today. <laughs> Welcome to my studio. I love you so much. Um, this has been fun. From the Paula Arbaugh studio. <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in. You have been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Send of for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh and Lord Willing. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. We'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. 
The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio.